When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome everyone. Hope everyone is having a great week, the Sustainable Success way. Uh, This is Chris Salem, your host. Again, if you're new to Sustainable Success, again, you found us probably here at Voice America Influencers Channel, but we encourage you to check us out also on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017, both at Voice America and Sustainable Success 2017 on Facebook. We have many of our great guests that we've had on over the years where you can be sharing their words of wisdom and knowledge and helping you to not only scale your businesses to the next level, but also your personal life. We are all about life and business as one. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Uh, This is an organization that creates social media community centers that bring people together, perhaps if you went to college, a university, maybe a former company, uh, anything, a fraternity, a sorority, anywhere where there would be an alumni where you can come together to share past uh, past memories, share new experiences, perhaps you're looking for a a new job, uh, looking for potential business opportunities and so on. So we encourage you to check them out at myalumnidirect.com. That's myalumnidirect.com. Again, a new social media community platform designed to bring people together for meaningful conversations and to make a difference in the world. So we encourage you to check them out. Today's show, we're going to be talking about management mess to leadership success. Today we have Scott Miller. He is the Chief Marketing Officer for Franklin Covey. And before we we get into sharing and introducing Scott, I'm going to give you a little background about him. So capping a 25-year career where he served as a Chief Marketing Officer and Executive VP of Business Development, Scott currently serves as Franklin Covey's Senior Advisor on Thought Leadership, leading in the strategy and development of the firm's speaking bureau, as well as the publication of podcasts, webcasts, and best-selling books. Scott hosts the Franklin Covey-sponsored On Leadership uh, with uh, Scott Miller, the world's largest and fastest-growing leadership podcast. Uh, Again, this is reaching more than 6 million people weekly. Scott also authors a leadership column for Inc.com and Utah Business and previously hosted the weekly iHeartRadio show Great Life, Great Career. Scott is the author of the award-winning multi-volume master success series, including Management Mess to Leadership Success, which we'll be uh, learning about today, 30 Challenges to Become the Leader You Would Want to Follow, and many co-authored of other, several other books. And without further ado, we welcome Scott Miller to the show. Scott, how are you doing? Well, I hope you invited my mother because that introduction <laughs> was awesome. <laughs> nice to meet you, Chris. Thanks Good. for the platform. Absolutely. Well, Scott, we are so happy to have you on here. I had the pleasure, you had one of your, uh, your assistants that had sent out the book to me a while back, and I just loved it. And I think that there's, you know, in today's world with all this uncertainty going on and, you know, with the, you know, where the economy is and so on, you know, leadership is so important. So I like to talk a little bit about, okay, you know, about, you know, the management mess, like what is happening now and where, what can we do to start shifting forward? And you know, depending upon whatever size organization it may be. Yeah, so you know, I've spent my entire career, as you said, 30 years now in the leadership development industry. And about three years ago, I decided to write a book about leadership, not that the world needed one more book. But I found that most of the books written out there were very aspirational, written by CEOs that were hard to relate to, right? And they were about the things typically that go right. I wanted to kind of expose the underbelly of leadership as a leader in a leadership development firm, the Franklin Covey Company, the world's largest and most influential leadership firm. So I wrote a book that's very raw, it's very relatable. And the premise, Chris, is that not everyone should be a leader. And I think the industry has kind of perpetuated this myth that, well, if you want to get promoted or you want to earn more money, you have to lead people. And I think that's horrible. Because too often organizations promote, you know, the top salesperson to become the sales leader, the top, you know, dental hygienist to become the office manager. You get the point. Not everyone should be a leader of people. But if you are, if you are, in fact, a leader of people, then you need to recognize that it's messy and that when a leader owns 
her own mess, when a leader owns his own mess, then you lead from transparency, from vulnerability. You teach from your mistakes because we learn more from our messes than we do our successes. So if you own your mess as a leader, that means you make it safe for others to own their messes as well. And now you've got a team that's vulnerable, that's transparent, that's authentic, and people aren't lying or obfuscating. They're not hiding their messes. They now have a, a culture where it's not safe to wallow in your messes or license bad behavior, but it's encouraged. It's the model to talk about it openly, let everyone learn from it. And that's what the premise of the book is about. Here are 30 wow. challenges every leader is going to face. Let's talk openly about our struggles and let everyone learn from them. I, I love what you just said there because in a way it's almost like it, it's enabling, you know, this, this you know, for things to continue that are not working, right? Again, it's like you said, you're placing a, a, a top salesperson into a leadership role, yet they were, their strengths lie in selling. That's what they do best. So when you put them into a leadership role, perhaps that's not going to play to their strengths. So not only you're not benefiting the, the company, or even the even in this case the customers, you're not benefiting that that person either. So again, it's it's a way of again enabling, which is is codependent versus empowering, uh, you know, through interdependency. So talk a little bit about why companies fall into this trap, uh, yeah. regardless of size. Again, it could be a small mom and pop yeah. to a yeah. large corporate yeah. organization. Yeah. Uh, it's a common challenge, right? A lot of organizations are focused on recruiting new talent as opposed to re-recruiting current talent or promoting. It's kind of common behavior to be on the come. Uh, Harvard Business Review published a study, Chris, about three years ago that said the average age someone receives their first promotion into a management position, age 30. Yet the average age that same person receives their first leadership development training, age 42. So there's a 12-year gap where high-producing individual contributors have been promoted into a new leadership role, but for 12 years, they're wrecking carnage. They're wrecking havoc across their college. They're not bad people. They're just bad leaders, right? Yeah. And so what's happened is we often promote people because they were the top individual producer, but don't train them, coach them well on how to be a leader. Because as you know, the skills that make you the top salesperson are often inversely correlated to making you a great sales leader, right? You like the limelight, you like the spotlight, the attention, you're very competitive. These are not great leadership traits when you're in competition with your team. So I think it's a natural issue in organizations. And I think the way we're gonna solve it is recruiting leaders based on different criteria, not that they're the top producing or the most effective person in their role, but yet they care about people. They take delight in the success of those around them. They're able to check their natural jealousies and maybe insecurities around people that perhaps are more competent than they are. And this isn't, doesn't happen naturally. I'll tell you, you know, I was a public officer in a company in my 40s, and I was still jealous of those around me. I didn't hire people who were smarter than me. I hired people who were capable that I could control. And I began to realize as I was more mature, no, my job is to recruit and retain people who are noticeably smarter than me, who are mm -hmm. palpably more talented, that my contribution comes from being a talent magnet, not from being the smartest person in the room. I had a huge shift. I realized that my job, Chris, was not to be the genius in the room, but rather the genius maker of others. And I just was not mature enough in my 30s and 40s to fully understand that. I don't think most early leaders are. In fact, I'm not sure leaders in their 40s and 50s are secure Some, some don't get it. Yeah. yeah. Like, like right. you said, you, you learned. And, and same with me. I think we're on the same, same time frame. I was the same yeah. way. Like, I remember I, came, I, I, grew, I grew up in sales. I was a sales professional prior to becoming an executive coach and, you know, obviously a radio show host and, and, a, and a speaker, a corporate speaker. But with that being said, it's so true because I always, when I was running teams, I always had to have people that I knew that were good, but were never going to outperform me because I, I was so caught up at that time in the control I couldn't control. Yeah. And now, you know, I had to learn that, that I had to give up that control 
and know that if I, if if somebody were better than me, that it could also benefit me as well as the, yeah. the company. And that's going to make yeah. me look better as a leader and a manager, whatever that role was at the time. And, you know, so I, I could I could relate 100 percent what, you know, your experience, because I had that same thing happen to me. And Chris, I think a lot of cultures either purposefully or unintentionally reinforce this, right? Because there are some cultures where if you're the leader and you're not seen as the smartest, the genius, the know-it-all, the indispensable person, you could work your way out of a job. Your culture might not reward you for being an abundant person or for turning the spotlight onto others. There are a lot of companies that if you want to survive, if you want to thrive, you have to keep the spotlight turned onto you because the culture isn't mature enough to recognize what you're doing is growing and building and pollinating talent. So I don't mean to be a Pollyanna. You have to calibrate in the organization you're working in, what is the environment and what is rewarded? And, and you need to be shrewd, unfortunately, about that balance of focus, attention, and spotlight onto yourself and others because in some companies you can abundant yourself out of a job. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the challenges. I know you have 30 challenges. I don't know yeah. if we can get through all 30, but we'll see. Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> but let's take some of the, some of the, you know, challenges because we'll have the second segment. We could talk more too in that area, but yeah. wanted to, you know, maybe start with some of the ones that you feel that really people have to know about and, yeah. and then what we can do to overcome them. Sure. So there's 30 challenges that every leader faces. These challenges were cold from Franklin Covey's 40 years of literally millions of leadership implementations. The first eight or so are all congealed around leading yourself, the next dozen around leading others, and the last 10 or so around getting results. You know, uh, challenge three is listen first. This is a listening competency, right? Most of us listen with the intent to respond. Mm. not with the intent to understand. This is natural because if you're like me, you've spent most of your career being trained on how to be a powerful communicator, how to be an influence mode, persuasion mode, convincing mode, right? You're often not convincing people to do something by your listening skills. And as leaders, we're trained to solve problems, peel the onion, get to the root cause. But I think in an organization, in a time, Chris, where relationships are every organization's most valuable asset. I mean, listen to that carefully. People are not a company's most valuable asset. That is HR bunk. It is the relationships between your people that is your organization's most valuable asset. Because Chris can have a black belt Six Sigma degree from MIT and Scott can be a Rhodes Scholar from Oxford. But if Chris and Scott can't get along, they can't compliment each other, they can't forgive each other, they can't free forgive each other, we don't need them, right? This is the culture, how the vast majority of people behave the vast majority of time. So challenge three is listen first. It's really to understand, move off your agenda, move off your timeline, move off your purpose and genuinely check into the other person with empathy. What are they feeling? What are they saying? Mm. What are you hearing? And don't try to solve their problem. Most people don't want their problem solved. They just want to be validated. Well, you made a great point there. Like, again, you said empathy, right? You know, empathy is meaning that you're, you're listening to relate and understand, yeah. which people feel. And that's what they're really, they want somebody to understand them. But yet if we, you know, and by asking the right questions, it's helping them to solve their own problem. Or, or, or providing resources that could, that could help them to solve their own problem instead of, you know, doing it for them, so to speak. And I think, and I think sometimes, Chris, the best answer is to ask no questions. Yeah. Because oh, there, we're, yeah. we're often asking questions on our own agenda, from our own point of view, from yes, our own that's true. experience. And you can, you can validate someone without agreeing with them, right? You can understand someone without agreeing with them. My challenge on this is, my challenge to your listeners is, the next time you're listening to someone, do your best not to ask any questions. Just repeat back to them what you've heard ah. to make sure you understand the intent behind what they've said. Re- rephrase or reframe. Yeah, that's I think right. that's fabulous. Right. 
Yeah, and, and, and it can be that, and it can be awkward, right? If all you're doing is just rephrasing what they say, you can be in a loop. So you got to bring, you know, some EQ skills to it. But I think also a lot of us are interrupters, and we interrupt for reasons. All of us have this um, silent alarm clock that goes off in our heads. That <laughs> that when we think the other person should stop talking, we then interject. So I'd offer it to your listeners again and viewers. If you want to stop interrupting, the next time you're tempted, take your upper lip to your lower lip and very gently touch it. Don't grimace and count to 10. And the linguistic science shows if you can resist interrupting someone to a count of 10, the odds are exponential that they will land their point or disclose something to you that gives you a hint for what they need from you next. Try this today with your spouse. It will transform your relationship. Well, I, I think that's so true because you, you made a great point. We're, we've been talking about business here, but this all applies to our, our personal lives with our marriages and yeah. in our relationships it with does. our children and so on. So, so true. So, Scott, we, we, we're going to have to go to break in about one, about less than one yeah. minute. I just wanted to yeah. kind of summarize some key points that you talked about that you could really reemphasize again for the listeners. Yeah. When we come back to the break, we're going to jump into some other challenges. Yeah. First, I'd say as a leader, Check the percent of you speaking to listening. I'll bet it's 90-10. 90% speaking, 10% listening. The next Zoom call you're on, the next meeting you're in, try to switch it to 50-50 or 20-80, whatever it is, right? It's be very thoughtful around, because if you're talking, you're not listening. Every company is now a technology company. And every company's business, you're in the business of people. You're inside people and you're outside people. So be very thoughtful. What are you doing to build relationships that are mutually trustworthy, mutually beneficial, and you do that more by listening than you do by speaking? Wow. Powerful stuff here from Scott Miller again. We're talking about management mess to uh, leadership success. Again, it's his uh, book that's out. And again, we're going to give you some information how you get your hands on that a little later. We got to go to break, but we got more to come with Scott Miller. Again, do not go away. And if you're just joining us, again, you can listen to this show in its entirety later here today at Voice America. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you are just joining us again, we're here with uh, Scott Miller again. He is with uh, Franklin Covey, uh, gets involved in a lot of the different leadership roles there as a, you know, uh, as a chief marketing officer and, and advisor. Again, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, some concepts from his book, Management Mess to Leadership Success. And again, any of you out there that are running a business, regardless of size, uh, this is something that you want to hear. There are a lot of things that you could be going through certain challenges that Scott is going to point out here, the bulk of that here in this segment that you're listening to. 
For any of you just joining us, again, you can listen to the show in its entirety later here today at Voice America Influencers Channel at Sustainable Success. And again, at our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. So Scott, we had talked about one of the key challenges was learning how to listen to relate and understand versus respond. And so important, you dropped some golden nuggets there. What would be some of the other challenges that people face when we, when we talk about, you know, again, leading more effectively, you know, in their organization? Sure. So as I mentioned, the first book I wrote is called Management Mess to Leadership Success, 30 Challenges to Become the Leader You Would Follow. In fact, Chris, whenever I give speeches, I have a card deck that actually has all 30 challenges on them. Oh, I love it. If any of your listeners or viewers would like to receive a free card deck, they can connect to me on LinkedIn send me your mailing address and I'm happy to mail them a copy of this card deck. Challenge four is called declare your intent. Because I think in life, you know, everybody's got a hidden agenda. Some of them are, you know, more hidden than others. Some are nefarious. Some are just not well communicated. You know, the public relation principle has never more been true. Absent facts, people make stuff up. So as a leader, Challenge number four is called declare your intent because to quote Gandhi, the moment there is suspicion about anybody's motive, everything he or she does becomes tainted. So if you want to eliminate conflict in your life, then you need to be more courageous, move outside of your comfort zone in any high stakes conversation and declare your intent. I love this quote from one of our co-founders, Blaine Lee said, Nearly all, if not all, conflict in life comes from mismatched or unfulfilled expectations. Mm. It's so true. I mean, think yes. about in your life, your mother-in-law, your boss, a vendor, a funder, a client, a colleague, where there is conflict, there was mismatched or unfulfilled expectations. You thought I was going to do this. I thought you were going to do that. And neither of us said, here's what you can expect from me. This is what I will be doing. This is what I will not be doing. Now, this, this challenge requires you to actually use the phrase, Chris, thank you for coming into my office today. I first would like to have a high courage conversation with you that may require me to actually declare my intent. So I'm going to do that with you. Chris, my intent is not to offend you. My intent is not to embarrass you. My intent is not to slow down your project. My intent is to get the answer to a few questions that I have so that I can actually help you land your project on time. You get the point, right? Is yes. You may need to move outside of your comfort zone and declare your intent. So the first learning on this is challenge four. Start integrating into your vocabulary the phrase, yes. Can I take a moment and first declare my intent? I want to make sure you're not suspicious of me or, or absent me sharing my intent. Ascribe wrong intent to me. You will see conflict in your life evaporate overnight. Here's the next one. Challenge 12, lead difficult conversations. Chris, mm. in the first segment, we talked about how important it is for a leader to recruit and retain talent. In my three decades as a leadership expert, I think it's the first role of a leader. It's not mission and vision and values. Those things are important. Or systems or structures. Those things are important. I think the most important role of a leader is to recruit and retain talent. Talent that is noticeably, palpably more talented than you. I think the second role of a leader is to give people feedback on their blind spots is to actually lead difficult conversations, to sit someone down in a safe environment where you balance your courage with your consideration or your diplomacy, and you give them feedback on their blind spots. It might be about their body language. It might be about their personal hygiene. It might be about their punctuality, their collaboration skills, their self-awareness, their ability to take responsibility for their own projects and stop blaming other, whatever it is, you get the point. As a leader, it is your job to summon the courage and the diplomacy to sit people down and to give them feedback on their blind spots. And these are difficult conversations, right? Some of us don't realize that we have blind spots. We all have blind spots, including everybody on the program and you and me. 
And it is that rare leader. Listen to this carefully, Chris. It is that rare leader in our career that chooses to exercise the courage to love someone enough to give them feedback on their blind spots where it might risk us not being liked by that person. You love them enough to risk not being liked, to sit them down and maybe share with them something that no one in their career has ever shared with them before. And it takes some role play. It takes some practice. You need to be aware of your body language and what it's like to be in a meeting with you or where you're standing or where you're sitting or going a, a walk. It's different feedback for different people. Some may be through email. Some may be face-to-face. Some may be in a more genteel fashion, right? Everyone likes feedback. Well, first of all, no one likes feedback, but everyone would prefer to receive their feedback in a different manner. Yes. You can see most of these challenges are about how do you build a culture where people trust you and respect you because people do not quit their jobs. People quit bad bosses yes. and corrupt cultures. And let me share one more agree. Let me share one final thought. I'm mindful of our time. Everybody is being held hostage right now by their employer because we don't have a lot of options, right? Unemployment is coming down, but it's still at an all-time high. And there's going to become a time in the next 180 days with the vaccine coming where the economy is going to boom back and people are going to have options. LinkedIn is exploding right now with recruiters and resumes and interviews. And if you don't want to be facing an exodus of your employees in the spring and the summer, then you need to make sure that you as a leader and your leaders are re-recruiting your talent right now, where you're telling them you value them, where you're coaching them, you're investing in them, you're giving them feedback, and you're telling them, we value you here. There's things to work on, but we want you to stay. You have got to be in re-recruitment mode in January, February, March if you don't want to be facing a massive recruiting expedition in the spring and summer because people are going to have options and if they don't respect their boss or like their coach culture they're out uh, it's so true it's so true so i mean basically i mean what you're saying here is that you know again a lot of companies have always been in that reactive mode like it's like when when you know excuse my expression shit hits the fan they they react but they have to be proactive, right? Like you said, they got to have these recognition programs, incentive programs, but not to just incentivize for the sake of doing it, that they're creating an environment that allows people to grow. And if they make mistakes, they can own those mistakes and improve on them and putting together programs that allow them to grow and so on to retain that talent. So shed some insights with the on new, that. Chris, I think especially with the new generation, Coming yeah. in the workforce. I mean, I don't know your age. I'm 52. I've been in my company for 25 years. Well, we're the same. Years. We're the same age. We're we're, yeah. we're right there. <laughs> my, you look, well, you look better than I do. So congrats. <laughs> you know, my father, right, spent 32 years at Lockheed Martin. I mean, these days of multi-decade careers are gone yes. unless you're working for the post office, for the military, right? The average tenure is now somewhere between 18 months and 36 months. And so, as a leader, especially with multiple generations in the workforce where you know, it's very common now for people to come for 18 months, take what they need, give you their all, and move on with no regret. That, that, that's just because they have different values. They're not good or bad values. They're just different values. So if you want to move that 18 months to 24 months to 29 months to 36 months, which is unheard of these days, it's all about do people feel challenged? Do they feel valued, respected, rewarded? Do they feel re-loved by their boss? So you got to be really thoughtful as a leader how you're investing in your people and constantly re-recruiting them. It's exhausting. Welcome to leadership. Well, exactly. It's a process, right? It's not like a destination. This is a continuous process. And, and it's not about perfection. It's about, you know, it's about progress that you're heading in the right direction. So true. It's why, it's why leadership is not for everyone. Yeah. Leading people is tough. It's unrelenting. It can be unrewarding in the short term. And I tell you, there's no shame, Chris, in not being a leader of people. I, yeah. I mean, most people should not lead people, right? And just like I shouldn't be an anesthesiologist and you probably shouldn't be a commercial airline pilot. I take no shame in that. It's not my talent. I think something happened in organizations where if you want to get promoted in most companies, if you want to earn more money, 
You got to lead people. It's the wrong incentive. Because what happens is now you promote your top producers and they realize, I don't want to have difficult conversations. I don't want to do this. I don't want I hate this job. And then they're never going to step back down. The only way to save face is to quit. And now yeah. you've lost your top producers and yes. you've lost your leadership pipeline. Stop promoting people into leadership that shouldn't be. I agree. I agree. And, and, and what are some ways that, again, you know, again, that, co- that maybe organizations can do it? Yeah. Like, you know, there's like the strength finder. Yes, there's all yes. these tools out there to kind of yeah. assess strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. What can, what can organizations, regardless of size, do a better job of yeah. in doing that? I think that? it's very simple. I think it's as simple as this. Hey, Chris, you're crushing it on your quarterly goal as a salesperson. You've hit you know, 12 out of 13 quarters. We're thinking about having a discussion with you about becoming the leader of the team, but we do not want to set you up for, for failure. We only want you to be successful here, and we want you to stay here. So, Chris, I just have a T-chart here, and I've written on this side all of your strengths. These are nine significant strengths you have as a salesperson. We love these. And Chris, you need to know that seven of these, you're going to have to literally leave behind the day you are hired as a leader of people because these strengths as a salesperson will not translate well into a sales leader. And by the way, Chris, on this other T-chart, here are nine competencies you'll need to immediately acquire as a sales leader. Let's talk about what a week in the life of this job is like. Here's what it looks like after this brutal conversation. Let's have a conversation about, is this right for you? Because we only want you to be engaged here. We want you to stay long. It's, it's just those real conversations where you talk about what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Do you think you could learn this? Do we think this is the right thing for you? It's just being real. It's owning up to the mess that is leadership. Yeah. It's also asking, it's asking yourself, is this what I want for my career? Is this the right move for me? It's providing opportunities for people to have more influence, have more power, have the ability to earn more pay without leading people because we set people up and lure them into leadership roles. I also think it's asking as the leader, asking myself, how does Chris get validated? How, yeah. how does Chris find joy? If I don't think you find joy in other people's success, then I shouldn't promote you into leadership. And that's not that's not a sin, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah. That's just Most being honest, sales, right? It's being transparent, right? right. And, and, and Scott, would you say that would be again uh, a communication issue, right? Because the company may not be communicating that, and that person's not communicating again what's important to them and what they feel because they may think they're a leader, but after they go through it, but you know what? That's not really what I'm signing up for. I thought, yeah, I was going to make more money and I get more status, but I don't know about this. So again, it, it's, it's a communication thing that I guess that where it needs to be improved upon. Nearly all, if not all conflict in life comes from mismatched <laughs> yes. or unfulfilled expectations. <laughs> Everything is a communication issue yeah. and it's often grounded in a trust issue. Do I trust you to tell me the truth, right? Do I trust you to treat me right? Do I trust you to be transparent? Do I trust you to right or wrong? Um, When I give a speech in front of thousands of people, I'll say, raise your hand if you're trustworthy. Every hand goes up. And I say, nope, put it down. (laughs) Who decides if you're trustworthy? It's not you. It's the other person, right? It's in their mind, have you behaved yourself into a reputation of being trustworthy. It's like, like you said, it's like a company saying, these are our core values. And let's say trust is one of them, integrity, whatever it may be. Are people really aligned with that? That doesn't mean they have to have the same values, but they could have something similar, but are they really act, are they really, is is their behavior, their communication and actions in alignment with what they say? And a lot of times it's not, like you said, you know, and because other people are going to see that. You, you got this. I don't know why you're interviewing me. You got this. <laughs> That's why you're on my show. I love that. You said, I, Scott and I are on the same page. I love when oh, yeah. I couldn't wait for you to be on. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. But uh, no, we, and we got, a, we got about, about two and a half minutes, two minutes yeah. left to the Let next one. share break. another one? Yeah, share another challenge and then we'll have the next, we're talking yeah. about some more challenges and I want people to get to know more about where to find you after that as well. You, you got it. Again, if anybody wants to have the card deck for these messes, a 30 card deck, 
Happy to mail you a free set. Connect to me on LinkedIn. Challenge 19 is called protect your team from urgencies, right? As a leader, you have to be able to differentiate between urgent and important. Now, Chris, people who know me know I love a good crisis. I do my best work under pressure. And the problem is, if I'm not in a crisis, oh, I'll cook one up. I'll <laughs> elevate something to crisis worthy because that's where I get my validation. I love to save the day. I love to rush in and be the hero. So I've got to sometimes protect my team from myself. I have to create a culture where I can say to my team, listen, ladies and gents, if you yep. think I'm artificially cooking up this deadline, call me out, right? I mean, don't embarrass me, but just you're not going to challenge me because you know I love to work in a crisis. Again, that comes back to owning your mess, right? Are you confident? Are you courageous enough? Are you vulnerable enough? Are you transparent enough to admit your strengths and your messes to your team when you are? People don't quit leaders who yeah. love them. People don't quit people who make it safe to own their messes. Yeah. Well, this is powerful, Scott. Scott, you have shared so much wisdom here. We got to go to break, but uh, I can't wait to hear about some of the additional challenges. And we're going to let people know where to find out not only the cards, but find out about the book, everything else that Franklin Covey is doing, where you're going to be next after COVID is over and so on, where they can come see you. Again, you're listening to Scott Miller again from Franklin Covey. Uh, again, uh, a management mess to leadership success. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, -on -one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. Uh, we're here with uh, Scott Miller again. We're talking about management mess to leadership success. Again, our show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Again, you can find out more information about them at myalumnidirect.com. Again, a great place to create uh, a community where you can get together with people that maybe perhaps you went to school with, Perhaps you worked at a company back in the day, you were in a fraternity, sorority, and an opportunity to meet new people uh, and to share experiences, past memories, and forge new business relationships. Again, check them out at myalumnidirect.com. So, Scott, you have just shared so much knowledge here today, and, and we, I, I know you have a few other challenges that you want to uh, share with us. Uh, so, talk about, again, some additional challenges yeah that people have or, you know, organizations have and what they can do now to uh, overcome them. Yeah, I'd say, you know, challenge one, the first one, is called demonstrate humility. I mean, this is not a strength that comes naturally to me. I mean, I'm not sure I'm a naturally arrogant person, but, uh, you know, I'm not a naturally humble person. And I have to struggle with this. I'll tell you, earlier in my career, Chris, I don't know about you, but I saw humility as a weakness early on. I thought humility meant you were shy, you were quiet, you were retiring. And I recognize that humility is born out of confidence. Mm. Confident people are capable 
of being humble. It's arrogant people who are typically incapable of being humble. So humble leaders are typically more concerned with what is right than being right. Dr. Yes. Covey, the founder of our firm, said that. And that, you know, so if I want to move towards being more humble, I have to ask myself in every negotiation, every, every meeting, every discussion, am I trying to be right or am I trying to pursue what is right? What is right for the firm, for our yes. shareholders, for our employees, for our clients? A good kind of just question to ask yourself. Demonstrating humility doesn't come easy. I'll tell you, number two is this idea of practicing abundance, of abundant thinking is, you know, I'm a naturally generous person with my philanthropy and my money and my time, but that doesn't mean that I'm always an abundant thinker. I'm sometimes a scarce thinker, especially in a pandemic, right? I mean, look at the toilet paper in my bathroom, right? I mean, you get the point is we all have tendencies of thinking scarcely. And as leaders who are moving from mess to success, you have to ask yourself, are you turning the spotlight onto your colleagues? Are you setting up the stage for them to succeed as well? Not at your expense, not to be a victim or a martyr, but are you defining how much is enough? How much budget, how much fame, how much attention, how much credit, how much more do you need? Are you abundantly helping your people build their skills, build their careers, build their incomes? It's a, it's a struggle for me as well. I'm a naturally generous person, but I don't know that I'm a naturally abundant person. I have to balance my needs, my ego, mm. my career, my fame, my wealth with deliberately thinking around how can I help those around me. It's a, it's a constant tension. And I, I'm willing to yeah. talk about that vulnerable. Yeah, let, let's talk. Let's talk about because I, I agree because it's, it's never you're never going to have perfect alignment. There's always going to be give and yeah. take. It's always progress in motion. I know I had to work very, very hard for many years to really learn how to be humble and, 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 and I had to grow my confidence over time. I mean, I used to, I've seen my confidence, you know, grow and grow and grow over the years. And it was always progress in motion. But again, you know, as I got older, yes, I got more humble. But, but I still to this day, ha I can't become complacent. I have to practice gratitude. Yeah. And I have to remind myself every day. It's got to be, it's like part of a routine I have to do to do yeah. that. So I'd like to hear your yeah. insights on that from your yeah, perspective. Well, apparently we're twins separated by birth because I have the same <laughs> challenge, you know, and I, you know, as I become older and wiser, I'm much more comfortable admitting my jealousies and my fears and all of that. I, I think I'm probably a pretty jealous person naturally, not like in a sinister way, yeah. just in a human way, right? I'm jealous of other people's wealth and success and fame and all that. And I also think people would tell me that I've helped their careers a lot. I know I love this phrase. Most people that are our age will tell you they got 30 years of experience, right? You hear that a lot. When in fact, most of us have one year of experience repeated 29 times. <laughs> and so as we become wiser and more mature, we have to recognize there might be a different way. There might be, you know, lots of different um, paths to the same level of success. And, you know, you can only buy so many cars. You can only take so many vacations. And a lot of us are focused on our legacy. You know, who are we leaving behind? How are we bringing people up? What are the investments we're making in others. And I learned that in my late 30s, but not my late 20s. So if you led under me between the age of 24 and 34, I apologize to you because I was a jackass. <laughs> I, and, I've been there. I know what you're saying. I've been yeah. there before. <laughs> and, if you, and if you were led on me in my mid-30s to mid-40s, I was a little bit better, right? And if you were leading under me now, I'm, you get the point, right? It's just – Yes. It's, it's – own your mess. As a leader, you be the model. You be the example. Call your team members together. Pull them around you and say, I want to share you with you my biggest mistake. I want to share you the biggest client deal that went south. I want to share with you the mistake. Not like a gratuitous person. I'm Catholic. So it's easy for me to confess my sins. You can become, you know, you can become, of course, too disclosing, right? Because then you're just a walking wreck. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying to share your message to give license to your own bad behavior. Of course not. But what I am saying, if you want to build a culture where people cleave to you as a leader, as a friend, as a colleague, let go of your inhibitions. Bring your whole self to work. And appropriately, 
judiciously teach through your methods because then you make it safe for people to admit their own mistakes, to come to you and say, I got a mess I got to share with you. I mean, if I could tell you the number of times people withheld information from me, whenever I coach a sales leader and I say, raise your hand if your people are missing their forecast, every hand goes up. And I say, that says more about you than it does about them because you've not made it safe for your people to tell you the truth. Exactly. Because they're, they're covering up, they're nervous, they don't want to get you involved early on, they're trying to manage it without you, and then how many of them are screwing you on the last day of the quarter? And every hand goes up. And I say, guys, ladies, you got to build a culture where, oh, they got to meet their sales goal. You're not giving them any license on that. you got to exactly. meet the goal. But if you see a problem coming, if you see an issue, bring it to me soon. Don't try to be the hero because the, the later you tell me the truth, the more you box me in, the less levers I have to find other ways to make up for it. If your people are lying to you, that's your problem, not theirs. You've not made it safe for them to tell you the truth. I'm not and telling that is you so true. that you should lower the goals, but you got to build a culture where people don't fear you, where they bring to you on the 15th day of the month, boss, I'm 40 grand short. And I don't have any options. You say, not a problem. Let's sit down and roll up our sleeves. Let's go through your client. How are you processing? You get the point, right? I don't mean for all my examples to be about sales, but we all can relate to that. It doesn't mean you do their job for them. You say, well, you got to get to your goal and you got 15 days. Let's roll up our sleeves and figure out how you're going to do this. Yeah, so true. So true. And like you said, and, and you know, that culture has got to start with, you know, somebody's got to, you know, you know, take the lead in, and do that because it doesn't happen overnight. you got to establish that. So, you know, if you run a business unit, start with your business unit and let it, that, let it just spread out to the other areas of the organization, you know, over time. So, it's so true about that. Well said. So, uh, so Scott, we, we got about five minutes left in the show. Uh, you have shared so much wisdom and I can't thank you enough with this. Um, I want to leave some time for anything about, you know, anything you want else important that you want to point out with the book, with the yeah. series of books that yeah. you have that, you know, that you'd like to point out for everyone. And then, you know, ways that people can get it, you know, in touch with you, engage you as well. Well, Chris, I appreciate the platform. So the first book that I wrote is called Management Mess to Leadership Success. And the book did so well that the publisher signed me to nine books in the Mess to Success series. And so the second book that I have coming out in May is called Marketing Mess ah. to Brand Success. You know, 30 Challenges to Transform Your Organization's Brand and Your Own. So this book comes out in May. You can buy it right now on Amazon, Marketing Mess to Brand Success. The next one I'm writing is called Job Mess to Career Success. <laughs> I'm writing um, Communication Mess, Sales Mess. I'm writing Parenting Mess to Launch success so oh that is, we got to have you back on for that one i run <laughs> I, I run a non-profit um ceo of empowered fathers in action and uh oh, and we we help uh families to create interdependent family structures free from limiting beliefs that wow. would be spot on <laughs> yeah well i've got three boys with my wife and our boys are six eight or six nine and ten so by the time that book comes out in a couple of years they'll be close to launch but you're going to see about nine books in the Mess to Success series. I've written a whole bunch of other books. Some of them are Wall Street Journal bestsellers. You can visit me at, at scottjeffreymiller.com. I've just launched a new career series. So I've launched a new career development program called Ignite Your Genius. And the whole theory behind these 11 self-paced video modules is how do you move from an accidental career to a deliberate career? Like most people, I started my job mowing lawns, washing cars, working in restaurants. And over the course of my career, I made it to the C-suite, became a Wall Street Journal bestselling author and a whole variety of other accolades that have been um, given to me by people that think I've got a couple of reps under my belt. But this Ignite Your Genius career series, I mean, Chris, can you believe it's only $79? And it's 11 career modules. It's all self-paced. I ship you a printed guidebook. It's also digital. And I teach you how to take deliberate control of your career. Because I'm writing, can you believe, 150 books in the next 10 years all around different careers. So I'm partnering with 150 different authors that are experts in their job. How to become 
an anesthesiologist, how to become a social media manager, how to become a nurse practitioner. And all these books will be out starting next year, uh, or at least about 12 a year. And I'm really focused on helping people take control of their careers. I think too often we leave our careers to chance, right? Serendipity. Oh, we go there, or we go here, or we quit for the wrong reasons, or we harvest too soon. We don't plant enough and nurture enough. We don't take responsibility for our careers. So I'm, um, as you can tell, I'm super passionate about helping people build their careers with deliberation and intention. And if you're becoming a leader, I think one of the best leadership books out there is mine because it's funny, it's raw, it's relatable. I mean, you can't help but read it and think, he said what? He did what? I, I, did, I did pick up on it. I thought it was very relatable. That's why it was, you know, it captured my attention because I like books that relate and I can just, you know, and once you, once you get into it, you just keep reading. So well, I, appreciate uh, I, it. I, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I wrote it in a format that's very easy to read. You know, most people don't finish the last half of their business books because authors only have about 40,000 words, but the publisher wants you to write 75,000 words. So the most second half of business books are phoned in trying to meet the word count from your editor. I didn't do that. I wrote each chapter, three or four pages, short, punchy, and easy to implement that day. All my books are organized in 30-day challenges. So you can read a chapter a day, you can actually implement it right then and there. And like I said earlier, if anybody's yeah. interested in the Management Mess card deck that complements the book, connect to me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to mail you a copy of the card deck. They're great for meetings, but make me one promise. If you get the card deck, don't pull the cards out and go home to your wife or husband and say, oh, you need number 11 and 14 and 25. That will be a cold night. Don't use the card deck on your spouse. <laughs> Instead, turn the card deck around and say, which one of these do you think I should improve on? Absolutely. Well, we are at the end of the show. I mean, we're going to make sure everybody that's listening, get your hands on that card deck, get the book, and make sure when those other books, part of that series come out, you want to get those books as well. And I cannot wait for those books to come out. Scott, thank you so much for being here and joining us here on your busy morning here from Utah. Again, guests, we want to thank you every week coming here, the Sustainable Success Way. We'll promise to bring back people like Scott. They're sharing their wisdom, their knowledge, their insight that will help you in every aspect of what you're doing in your business, your organization, and you personally. So again, we encourage you to listen to the show in its entirety later today, which will be available here at the Voice American Influencers channel, as well as the Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. Till then, we'll see you next Thursday and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.